This is Jordan Tutu. This is Grant Fuhr. This is Glenn Healy. This is Mark Latestu. Hi, this is Scott Oak. Hi, this is Braden Holpe. This is Tim McAuliffe of Sportsnet. Hi, everybody. This is Darren Dreger. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, um, you're licking your wounds right now down 3-0. Hopefully they'll have a better fate tonight in Game 4. Now, before we get to today's uh, episode, let's get to today's episode sponsors. First, we go to Canadians for Truth. They're a nonprofit organization consisting of Canadians who believe in honesty, integrity, and principled leadership in government, as well as the Canadian Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and Rule of Just Laws. If you go to their Facebook page, uh, Canadians for Truth, um, media director now, Theo Fleury, has been, uh, they've started doing some interviews, so they interviewed James Topp. Um, they've uh, been going around a, a bit of Alberta, Saskatchewan, that type of thing. They were in Calgary just recently, and you can follow along with everything they're doing uh, or go to their website, canadiansfortruth.net. Some of their core values, the sovereignty of Canada, the truth in journalism, the truth in medical ethics, the truth in government, protecting our children and their future, and the 1947 Nuremberg Code. Clay Smiley and the team over at Prophet River, um, they specialize in importing firearms from the United States of America. They pride themselves in making this process as easy for their customers as possible. And with all the changing laws going on um, that seem to be happening here in Canada, the Team of Profit River is the experts, and they can help get you uh, whatever you need uh, with paperwork and all the legalities that go on. They're up to date on it all. Just go to ProfitRiver.com uh, or stop it at their new location uh, here in Lloydminster, Um they are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. Tyson and Tracy Mitchell with Mitchco Environmental. Uh, they are a family-owned business that has been providing professional vegetation management services for both Alberta and Saskatchewan in the oil field and industrial sector since 1998. Uh Spraying season is, is in full swing, but they're always looking for hands. So if you're looking for work, give them a call, 780-214-4004. That's Mitchco uh, Environmental. You can find out more at mitchcocorp.ca. And finally, summer season um, is, is upon us. And if you're looking at any backyard rentals, backyard upgrades, that type of thing, you're looking for some wood, well, Windsor Plywood and the team of uh, Car uh, led by the team led by Carly Clausen, they are the builders of the podcast studio. And for everything wood, these are the guys. Um, if you uh, just go to their Instagram page, I don't know why I can spit that out, Windsor Plywood, uh, Lloyd Minster, you can do a little creeping, see what uh, creeping, and see what all the projects they're up to. Whether we're talking about mantles, decks, windows, doors, or sheds, uh, stop in today or give them a call 780-875-9663. Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether you're looking for a small office or you know you you got multiple employees, Wade can help you out. Give them a call 780-808-5025. And if you're heading into any of these uh, any of these podcasts, any of these businesses, let them know you heard about from the podcast. Right now, now that Ram Truck Rundown brought to you by Auto Clearing Jeep and Ram, the Prairie's trusted source for Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and all things automotive for over 110 years. One is the owner and head instructor of IHD, Innovative Hockey Development. The other is the Vice President of Programming and Sports Properties with Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment. I'm talking about Kyle Tapp and Terrell Spitzer. So buckle up, here we go. It's 
Well, welcome to the Sean Newman podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kyle Tapp and Tyrell Spitzer. So first off, fellas, thanks for uh, hopping on. Thanks for having me. Now, we're going to talk some junior prospects, hockey league. I got to say that about a thousand times so I don't butcher it. Um, but before we get into that, maybe let's, let's give the, uh, Tapper, it's been a long time since you've been on and then Terrell, you've never been on. So I guess just, uh, let's start with, uh, Kyle, just a little bit of your background. So wherever the listeners tuning in from, certainly there's going to be a lot from Lloyd. Um, but they're certainly across both Alberta and Saskatchewan. Uh, if they've never heard of either of you, um, just maybe a little bit about your background, uh, to start with, and we'll start with, with Tapper. Um, so Kyle Tapp, uh, 40 years old from Calgary, Alberta, originally, uh, left home at 16 to play hockey, toured all over, um, BC between, you know, junior B, junior A leagues, um, about 19 years old, uh, kind of lucked into, to finding a homeroom teacher who wanted help with the hockey team, fell in love with coaching and started coaching right after that. Uh, moved back to Calgary, started coaching my uh, local peewee team at 20. And then very quickly by 22, 23 years old, I was in the Alberta Junior Hockey League in Olds and coaching uh, at the Edge Hockey School Academy. Um, started uh, a player development company called uh, IHD Hockey. Uh, it's been going strong for, I guess, just right around 17 years. Uh, we've trained, you know, many athletes um the nhl all the way down to to pb kids we're all over western canada um then moved to lloyd met a lloyd girl got married um had some babies and some kids and now i've uh, coached uh junior hockey here in lloyd coached in uh, the mainstream um triple a system as well um been a player development coach and uh, a coach of team alberta um done been a player development coach for hockey Canada the under 17s uh, you know was lucky enough to work with players like Shane Wright uh, at that event and uh, now going down the back stretch um, trying to help change the game uh, for the better return hockey back to the parents and the players and I'm excited to be a part of this new venture with uh, the JPHL and how about yourself Tyrell yeah, oh, well, that was really well done, Kyle. Um, let's see. Uh, you think you started with your age, so I'll start there. I'm 34. I ha- had an opportunity to, um, you know, play up in Edmonton minor hockey, uh, Southside Athletic Club. I played up until mid AAA uh, in 2005. Um, I don't know if it's still called the the Telus Cup or if it, that's changed names, but I had an opportunity to go there. I actually fell out of love with the sport for a little bit. Um, and then met uh, Bill LaForge, who was coaching in uh, the Southside Athletic Club um, and uh, decided to jump on board with him. Fell in love with coaching instantly. Um, coached in Southside and then Sherd Park, minor hockey systems. Um, was approached by uh, someone who was in private hockey, who was coming up to the Edmonton area to, to kind of uh, start an academy model in, in the Edmonton area. Had an opportunity to to coach and um, kind of build a program um, within private hockey. And I thought there was uh, a lot of benefits to um, some of the things that we were doing. Um, I also have two children here in Edmonton. Uh, that's where I'm from. 
uh, and uh, don't quite have the hockey background of Kyle, but um, have a huge passion for the sport and been lucky enough to meet a lot of great people in the sport. And, and uh, through this venture has been able to, again, meet a lot of really, uh, really, really amazing people that have um, a lot of really good things uh, kind of on their mind in terms of, you know, the, the sport of hockey and, and where it's at to date and where they, where they think it can be and, and um, trying to build something pretty special together in the, in the JPHL. What, uh, what's your current, like, do you have a position in the JPHL, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyrell? I can't I want to keep wanting to call you Tyler, even though it's Tyrell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have, uh, an, an official position within the JPHL. Um, you know, there's, there's people that are put in place to, you know, that are, have, you know, specialties in different areas logistically, or, um, you know, kind of how this is rolled out. But uh, the ownership group behind the JPHL, I, I'm a, currently the vice president of um, sport property and programming. Gotcha. Uh, and then you, you mentioned that uh, you kind of fell out of love with the sport at a younger age. Uh, what, uh, what was it about hockey back then that pushed you away? Um, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> well, for, for me personally, like I, I think, you know, you have, um, you, you know, back when I was coming through, there was uh, the kind of an obvious path of Western Hockey League and and uh, and AJHL, and I didn't I didn't know much about um, kind of the AJHL and you know the you know college route or anything like that. So you know, for me, it was uh, I wasn't in a spot where you know I wasn't uh, you know a top player of my team, and yeah, sometimes you kind of get caught into what's the future of the sport and and get caught up in it. And, you know, sometimes in situations throughout the year, you're, um, you're finding uh, a lot of time on the bench maybe, or <laughs> on situations where, um, you know, you make a mistake and, and it can, it can cost you. So, um, I just felt like, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of stressors and I was pretty competitive growing up. I wanted to, you know, obviously help my team win and be successful. And, uh, I just think it got to a point where, you know, I, I had to make a decision moving on from midget, do I still want to, you know, do I love the sport enough, my passion enough to continue to keep pushing towards that goal? Or uh, should I, should I go to school and, and kind of um, look at education and, and whatnot? And not knowing that, you know, maybe there was an opportunity to maybe do both at that time. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I always find that statement interesting. You know, I kind of fell out of love with the game because I think we've all had our moments at uh, different stages of life where you, it's run its course or you've uh, it's all you've ever done and you just need a break. And then lots of guys get pulled back into it for whatever reason, whether it's coaching or uh, a coach that believes in them, there's lots of different things that can pull back in uh, one's love for the sport. Now it brings me fellas to this, this junior prospects hockey league, you know, this Academy style league. I'd first heard about the Lloydminster athletic uh, club is that what we're calling it tapper lloydminster athletics uh what yeah. is the official you got her the athletics so i heard this rumor at first and now to see that it, it it's coming to fruition i thought you know between the two of you we could do a, a little bit of a a closer view of what lloyd lloyd's gonna look like and what stands for lloydminster to benefit specifically and then maybe we could take a little more of a 50,000 foot approach maybe on why this is happening, why it's a, a good idea 
you know, there's probably a thousand questions we can rattle off or have been rattled off at you too. Um, and maybe, you know, clear up some of the, the gray zones of this because it's a little different than, you know, well, I mean, for Lloyd, no home games, right? And I know I tap or I've grilled you on this, but let's just start with Lloyd athletics, uh, specifically, and we'll just slowly, uh, balloon it out to a little bigger view and Tyrell for sure. Feel free to hop in and, uh, and help Kyle or vice versa at any point in time. And this, there's no, um, it's not ping pong. Let's just, uh, kind of try and have a little bit of a round table discussion. Hopefully you can fill in a bunch of the blanks I have. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I can even get started. Um, so when, like I, I had an opportunity to meet Kyle, uh, at a uh, hockey event and, you know, it, it's funny because you run into people that, you know, you just have open conversations and there's a lot going on in the hockey world over the past number of years. And you, you start to have open conversations about thoughts and, and uh, you know, where things are headed or where things are at and, you know, just in the hockey world. And they're not, these aren't secrets. Like these are conversations that are being had <clears throat> and uh, you start to run into people that have similar, you know, values and, and similar uh, thoughts on on what's going on and and uh, and then you get people that are very passionate in, in player development and and uh, you know things such as that and you you start to kind of you know evolve conversations and you know much like the conversation I had with Kyle um, I've had with numerous people across you know BC and Alberta and I'm sure Kyle's had those conversations across BC and Alberta as well and um, you know we kind of talked a little bit about you know just philosophy and player development and um, I think a lot of what is being built or created was you know it started with you know one one player like if you were to train a player um, you know what, what what's the best what's the best way to develop a player and is that something that you could you know I'll use the word scale you know if rather than developing one player or a team of 20 could you could you develop a you know a, a program of, of 60 could you develop a you know, a developmental league of, you know, 200 um, with scaling as much, uh, you know, the, the on ice, off ice, uh, mental training development as, as possible. So much, you know, what's, what's different about our approach is rather than, you know, teams and programs putting together their groups and, you know, and, and, and trying to develop the player as they see fit, what we're, what we're trying to do is from a, a bird's eye view with all of our, our uh, programs and our, and our hub locations is trying to create a standard that, you know, regardless if you're in Lloyd or if you're in, you know, Victoria, you're getting that supplementary, that secondary development uh, piece and, and um, certain components that are just standard across the board. And, um, you know, we're, we're offering that to all of our players. So, because we truly believe in the methods that are being used. Uh, so that that's kind of the biggest thing. And then when you when you talk to the different hub, you know, uh, the different hubs and the people involved, and you talk to them about, okay, like this is how you develop a hockey player. Um, there's you know three pillars. You got your you got your on ice, you got your off ice. Um, now we need that that competition component. And you know, there's there's only so many dance partners, you know, in in building something like this that you have. So we basically have each other. So rather than building one program. Uh, in Edmonton and one in Lloyd, um, you kind of have to, you know, bring a bunch of programs online to say, okay, well, now we have this development program in place, and now we have our our competition piece taken care of as well, so we can implement some of this training into into gameplay. So we're we're approaching this as 
not, you know, I'm one program here and, and, and Kyle's one program and Lloyd, we're, we're approaching this as we're, we're all part of one big developmental program that just happens to stretch out over BC and Alberta. Uh, and we're all kind of, you know, helping each other out and, and using each other to develop hockey players. I'm curious, just sticking on creating the league. Uh, there is with academies already the Canadian sport school hockey league. Did I say that right? I think I said that right. Yep. That has academies, I believe across well to Ontario now, right? I think they just, I think Ontario has a bunch, uh, Winnipeg, so Manitoba, uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC. Why not just hook into their model and, and move forward? Yeah, sure. Um, I can speak to that as well. Yeah, they're, they're across Canada. And, um, you know, I've, I was actually a part of that league for, for a number of years and an opportunity to be, uh, be a part of uh, a lot of the conversations to, you know, try and push the league in, in uh, the best direction possible. Um, the, the other component to our league is, and another one of the things that, you know, just over my time I've heard is it, it, it can be, it's a, it's a bit of a financial burden at times to, um, you know, with some, with some of the programs, you know, and again, you gotta, you gotta decide where value is. So uh, if a program is X amount of dollars, if, if you see that there's value at that, at that dollar amount, then I mean, that that's great. And if you have the ability for that financial uh, commitment, that's fantastic. Um, but that wasn't everybody's situation. That's not everybody's case. There's a lot of good hockey players that, you know, um, you wanted to work with, you want to have the opportunity to work with, and, you know, they're, you know, one of the biggest challenges was the financial. So again, when we approach this as a group, um, we looked at that as what's, how, how do we, how do we try and combat the financial piece as much as possible? So it was a bit of a backwards design. We, we took that player development piece and we said, okay, um, we want to, we want to provide this. We want to provide that without cutting any corners. We want to provide this. We want to provide that. And, uh, you know, you, you start calculating it all out and, you know, this is how we would want to do the, 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 um, the competition piece. Is there some of the value adds that we want to have, you know, there's a cost associated to that and you start compiling the numbers and, uh, you know, we, we were expecting a pretty scary number to kick out, uh, just even exploratory, if this is something that would even be worth doing. And, uh, when it spat out the number and we looked at, we looked at that number and said, hang on, this is, you know, this is, uh, for, for what you're getting, there's a lot of value here. And I think there's, I think there's something there. Like I think um, families, when what they're doing in terms of the training and those focused hockey players that are trying to, you know, do the extra skill work and do the off ice uh, at a certain standard, you know, they're spending a, a dollar amount more than the dollar number that we ended up coming, coming to. And then when you looked at it and you said, okay, well, you know, is there a way to make this better? Even, even then uh, we looked at the cost sharing model. So basically, you know, a lot of our facility costs and travel costs and, and uh, all those costs, um, you know, to get a player from Victoria to Edmonton is a different cost than getting a player from Lloyd to Edmonton. Um, you know, ice, ice costs in, in Vancouver is much different than ice costs in Calgary. And uh, so what we did is we kind of compiled it all together and then just divided them amongst the, uh, the programs. Um, so, you know, does it, is it advantageous for some programs? Sure. Like, you know, the program would probably be a little bit more expensive if they weren't part of the cost sharing model. Uh, if you look at other programs, you know, they could probably even run a program like this, even 
cheaper than and, than what we're offering it for. But again, it, to try and blanket across the board. The other thing that does too is, um, if you're a family that's like, geez, I really, I'm really interested in this in this uh, this developmental program, um, but you know, this place is you know uh, at a different financial price than than this place over here. Uh, you know, what's the difference? What am I getting? Uh, we're trying to say, hey, there's really no you know, as much as possible, there's, there's not a whole lot of difference in terms of, you know, your, what your competition piece is going to look like in terms of experience, uh, what your, you know, your supplementary training is going to look like. The person standing in front of your kid and, and, and the schooling piece, it, I mean, they're all unique to, to their, their, their hub. Um, but as much as possible, we've scaled to try and, you know, get those costs, um, you know, down where we're not sacrificing the development of a player that we, that we feel needs to be there. As a group, I can hear the listener screaming at me right now going, okay, so what is the number? And it's probably going to sound high to a lot of people who aren't around hockey, but I'm curious how yeah. the number sounds and then how it compares to, you know, playing anywhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know the comparison. Um, to be honest, I, I, we just kind of went forward with, with our model and I haven't taken the time to go compare it across the map with everybody else, but for for someone to be a Lloyd Athletic, it's uh, twelve thousand five hundred, um, and that's you know part of the being a part of the public school um, and and all of the training. So, yeah, it's it's still a financial commitment, but like it's it, it is. I mean, this is not for it's it's not for it's not for everybody. It's for those players that are looking for that development. They're they're focused. They they want to train. Um, you know four or five times a week on ice. They want to train four or five times a week off ice. They, they want to train with the certain uh, training partners we have and the partnerships we have with Power Edge Pro and, and, uh, and true movement and the strength and conditioning that's kind of unique in, in each of the hub locations. Like that's what they, that's what they want. That's what they're looking for. That's what they feel like they, uh, they're pretty passionate about the game. They're willing to, you know, embrace the lifestyle of having hockey and school kind of, um, you know, both being accounted for within their hub location. So it, it is still a financial commitment, but you know, it, it wasn't so much about the price. It was what do we want to do to, to develop a hockey player? And you know, the cost is a cost. And we're trying to make it as uh as, as convenient and comp competitive as possible. Now, Tapper, uh <clears throat> as my voice cracks, uh Tapper for a Lloyd kid, uh with this 12.5, let's start with the money side of it, okay? Because I I um, I want to know everything that it entails, but like, are we talking the 12, five just for easy figuring? That's how many months of hockey. And does that include, I, I don't know. Does that include everything? No. Or is that like 12, five, and then you got to pay for a billet and, um, I don't know, and then this and that and everything. Can we, can we start with the money? I know nobody likes to talk dollars and cents, but seeing that it's, it's part of the conversation right now, let's start with that sitting here in Lloyd. Um, yeah, so twelve thousand five hundred uh, for ten months. So basically, the the whole school year. So um, roughly uh, twelve hundred dollars a month. Um, if you compare that to to minor hockey, let's say um, they're depending on the team you're on, anywhere from five to eleven thousand, uh, depending on the team and the tournaments for five to six months, depending on how long the playoff is. So. Um, and they're practicing two to three times a week. So that kind of gives you a, a, an idea in terms of academy versus uh, mainstream 
minor hockey costs there. Uh, that is an all-in cost. So that's uh, travel costs, training costs, uh, food costs, equipment costs, um, literally everything you need uh, on and off the ice. The only thing it doesn't include would be uh, billeting costs for anybody that's um, that has to bill it. Now, that is something we're working on in terms of sponsorship. We would, we would love to make that uh, free uh, for everybody if we can, and, and that is our goal, but we're just not there yet. Now, and as Sean, a that, 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 that's pretty standard across the board. Billeting is kind of on top of uh, prices advertised. Oh, it's interesting because the dollars and cents is, you know, as a parent, we're all parents, you want to know the dollars and cents, right? Yeah. It's an uncomfortable topic, but if you leave it off the, the table for people to talk about, then they're like, well, what the heck does it cost, right? We've all had the sales pitch before where you get all the great things out of the way and then they drop the price and you're like, ah, now they know the price. Okay. I'm the athlete now. I'm coming to the athletic club. What are the benefits of playing in this compared to, let's say, minor hockey? Um, let's just go back to cost real quick. Like I, so previously I coached the Bantam AAA team when we went to the league final. We did the John Reed. We did the Rocky Mountain. That would have been uh, a $10,000 hit uh, for those parents um, for seven months. Um, and then like, like Tyrell, Tyrell's already mentioned, depending on your program and what you're doing, that that cost will fluctuate. Now, uh, your question about the athletics was, you know, kind of what's the difference? Like what's the player getting? Well, just almost the recruiting pitch is what I'm thinking Tapper, right? Like, where am I going to school? Well, right. Uh, and, and I know that Tyrell's laughing at me. I'm just going like, I'm sitting here in Lloyd. I've heard of this athletic club. I don't know what it is. What is it? Where am I going to school? Give a kind of give a, like I know a bunch of this already, but I'm assuming a lot of people have no idea. So um, going to school at Holy Rosary um, in class learning uh, with teachers. So um, the big draw for most athletes is being able to get all your training, all your on ice, all your off ice done uh, within the school day and being done by by four o'clock. Um, so you know, the U14s and U15s will practice and get all their training, physio and all that stuff done in the morning. And then, you know, they're in class till final bell and the U18s are running the opposite schedule where they'll start in school and then their last two classes of the day will be spent at the rink and, and in the gym and getting their therapy in terms of what are you getting? Well, you have, you know, essentially a professional coach uh, coaching each team. You have full access to the IHD staff for, for every practice um, and every game. So um, I think people in town already know what that costs because they're paying that bill already. So essentially that's being thrown in, um, you know, uh, Terrell's already mentioned true movement, you know, like that's a state of the art movement platform that's taking over professional sports, not only dealing with therapy and movement, but the ability to build strength uh, with us, with the athletics, we've hired a biomechanics kinesiology um, expert along with a, a sprinting coach. So you have two of those, um, a sprint and movement specialist. So you have both of those coaches available for every dry line session. You can't find that anywhere else. Um, you know, uh, you just got to experience our partnership with, with injuries and physio and, you know, our ability to, have kids looked after um, the job that Vince Oreo is doing, you know, as a, you know, an expert coach himself and what he's done building that football program and the culture that goes on at that school and their vision for having everybody being a part of the team and, and for the athletics to be integrated 
into that school and be a part of, you know, the pep rallies and the announcements and going to the football games and um, being a member of that school and a member of those teams, just like a volleyball player or a basketball player or the badminton player. Um, it's, it's a fully holistic encompassing model where it's everything is state of the art, right from the classroom to even the mental health professionals, which um, Terrell can speak uh, more about being that he was part of that vetting process and hiring those guys. Yeah. These are the these are the things that drive the cost of minor hockey through the roof because they have to go out and pay each one of these vendors in order to keep up. Well, this has already been rolled in. And because of the model within the league and the cost sharing is everyone can share the burden when you're just one team or one organization, you're paying top dollar and you don't always get access to the best of the best. And, you know, we as the athletics are very thankful to be a part of this league and have the partners we are because. If we, if we were just doing this in Lloyd by ourselves, we wouldn't be able to offer what we're able to offer with this partnership. Yeah, and, and the, the league partnerships, like, uh, so the on-ice partner is uh, Powerage Pro, so that's scaled across all the hubs. So having the equipment and is, uh, it, you know, it, it, that's accessible. Like, pe people can get the equipment. Now, what's what's interesting with our partnership is um, we uh, we have some access to some of the newer uh, pieces that'll complement the equipment. Um, you know, the, the certification, Joe Quinn himself coming around to the hubs to, to, uh, to work with players and, and, and Nick as well. Um, having the, the testing component that's brand new and exclusive to his professional teams and his American academies and our Canadian hubs. Um, you know, that's, that's exclusive to our players. Um, the, the, uh, the other components, you know, with the PowerEdge Pro partnership, like, I mean, that's a, a pretty powerful um, social media platform. And, and, you know, ultimately, like, we're here to help develop players, but, you know, also give them opportunities to, you know, to, to show where they're at and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's a pretty powerful, you know, platform that Joe has. He works with a lot of top players. Um, you know, our players have uh, exclusive uh, viewings of him working with his athletes playing in, you know, professional leagues. Uh, what they talk about in terms of video, you know, laddering, climbing, uh, tacking 45s, and, you know, just a lot of, a lot of things that maybe players um, don't get on a regular basis, uh, even if they're, they're training with certain skill instructors. Um, you know, we just have that, that access, the, the true movement, I, I truly believe is, is, is unbelievable. Like um, Aaron Baker, she's based out of Edmonton. You know, she's kind of the Bruce Lee of, of movement. I mean, she's done Garuda and Pilates and yoga and whatnot, and basically built her own uh, curriculum uh, using her own equipment and, and designed her own equipment with an engineer out of Poland. And, and um, yeah, she's, she's exploded in terms of, and, and the reason why is just because, you know, the job she's doing, she works with athletes and they're, they're all of a sudden getting more performance on the ice and, and hopscotching all the players in front of them. So Again, we just we looked at you know what the, some of the top players are using and 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 doing and and just wanted to how do we get this to more families and more players? How do how do we develop you know a number of players out of Western Canada to you know to push them through? Um, now the the really exciting thing is the the, the mental <clears throat> the mental armor piece. <clears throat> sorry, and you know in in years past I think you know, programs. And I, I, I hope I, I you know, I, I may have been the only one, hopefully I'm not, but, um, you know, mental health was kind of, Hey, I'm going to bring out a guest speaker to talk about it for an hour and okay, box checked. It's done, you know, it's done for the year or I'll bring, you know, uh, somebody to come out and talk about a, a certain aspect, um, 
you know, and, and it, okay, box is checked, you know, done for the year. Uh, whatever costs associated with that. Now the partnership we made, you know, I, we made it with Cody Cuthill and Dr. Mrazek is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited about because, you know, I, I, again, pretty ignorant to it at the time said, okay, well, how can we do this? And, you know, how do we get everybody on zoom and, and figure this out and schedule this out? And, and they basically said, hang on a second. That's, that's not how we're going to deliver this. That's not how we're going to build this. Um, you know, some of these things that we want to work on with our players are, not you know you can't do it over a general zoom call it just doesn't work that way we need to be face to face we want to we want to be you know in a dressing room or in a, in a meeting room you know face to face with a team or a small group or you know in in uh, some circumstances individual players because it, you know it's it this isn't this isn't something that can be kind of balled in and generalized and uh, so they basically built you know their program and said this is what it should look like and we got in, I said, okay, this is second to none, you know, and we're, we're, we're pretty excited. You know, players have been through a, a pandemic and, um, you know, there is a financial burden to, to being, you know, uh, an elite athlete in, in, in hockey or, you know, any sport for that matter. Um, and there's stressors, you know, you're going through school, you're trying to get strong marks. That's important. Um, you're, you're trying to perform on the ice so you can give yourself opportunity at the next level. That's important. Um, so there's a lot of things that, you know, are, that can be stressors for these players. And it's important that we, um, we give them the tools to kind of deal with all those, you know, different adversities and stuff and, and make sure they're successful, regardless of whether it's hockey or anything else, you want to make sure that they're, they're kind of tooled up. Um, they also have partnerships that uh, they've built into their program too, with um, uh, Jay Crushell with, uh, you know, you know, uh, sports performance type stuff. So it's your nutrition and sleep and, and whatnot. So, Again, the, the way they wanted to operate was, you know, we just want, don't want to get this in front of the player. We want to get this in front of the players and the parents because, you know, you, you, you're dealing with some of these young players and, um, you know, you have a, a session and all of a sudden, you know, for example, a nutrition session and, okay, well, I'm going to go change my habits. I'm, I'm going to really focus on what I'm eating and, and you know, what, how, I, how I lay my meals out and when I need to load up and, and you know, they educate themselves and then, you know, maybe 45 minutes later, they go, Hey, mom, dad, can you take us to McDonald's? Right. So I, you know, if mom and dad and everybody in the household is understanding of the why behind, you know, uh, what they're doing now, all of a sudden you can, you know, make purposeful, uh, decisions and, um, try and really create those habits to be successful. It, uh, it feels like a giant, and this is probably exactly what it is, but like a really professional development league right focused on and I, I don't know like building the players and giving them everything and then some because like i don't know i tapper how about how about you when you, you were a kid did you were you worried about what you were eating and i mean things have changed so much since we three played uh you know i think i was on the ice twice a week and i remember early morning practices way back when 6 a.m. trying to learn anything and I don't think you learn jack squat um and you know for the the travel from from Lloyd the one thing that's interesting about this playing uh in hub spots where you go and you play multiple games at one location you know I just think back to traveling to Fort St. John and leaving on a Friday and hitting three games in Grand Prairie and uh you know the Rammel Hockey League the rural Alberta Midget Hockey League back in the day to date myself um you know, to, to, 
I coached just... him that week, John. Did you really? Yeah, the edge. Um, I was part of the first edge coaching staff before they were sanctioned. Um, we played in that league and we went undefeated and weren't allowed to play in the playoffs. Actually, the only team we lost to was Lloyd uh, with Braden Holtby in that. Braden Holtby and uh, Catlin Schneider. There you go. There you go. That's, that's a good play. That, that's dating yourself now, Tap. <laughs> but I was uh, coaching. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean, like when, when we talked about, um, like it, this, this has been a kind of an amazing journey um, through conversations and, and, and meeting certain people. And, and uh, this is collective. This isn't just one person making a decision. This is uh, a group of, of uh, pretty passionate hockey guys coming together to say, hey, this, this is what we should do. And this is the why behind it. And everybody kind of understanding, you know, why that is. So, you know, we, we have to play games. You know, we, we have to have that competition piece. We have to play games. Um, you know, it, it's simple as that, but can you, can you make the games, um, can they, you know, can we make it easy for maybe for junior coaches to, to, you know, get in front of these guys and, and, and watch them, um, you know, no, no offense to a, a Lloyd or a Lethbridge or, you know, Kelowna or, or Victoria, but, um, you know, at certain age groups, uh, I, I, you know, if you, if you're looking at from a scouting perspective, and you're saying, okay, well, there's a player playing in Lloyd. I, I want to take a look at. Um, you're going to look at the schedule and say, okay, well, when is he in Edmonton, or when is he in Calgary, when is he in Vancouver? Uh, that's just where the majority of the area scouts are. Are or and um, so it was strategic. I mean, a bunch of hockey guys said, well, hey, if, you know, I understand we're not playing a, necessarily a home game in, in Lloyd, uh, but why? Why is that? Because we just want to give more to the player. Um, you know, where's the value add? They got to play the game anyways, so. Uh, can we make it where it's also very accessible for a junior team to come out and take a look? Um, you know, can we get uh, the majority of the games? Can we get all the games in those situations? And, uh, you know, the, the conversations evolved. What this was back in August, September is not what it, you know, what it was when it was launched in uh, February. It's, uh, it, it's evolved. And so the reason why we play those games in Edmonton and Calgary and Vancouver is purely for, we got to play the games anyways, but can we also give them an opportunity to make it easily to be accessible for, for junior teams and scouts? And as well as if we are delivering some of the things that we want to deliver from a league level, is it easier to get, you know, league staff to those locations to deliver for the players? Um, so there was it, it, nothing was just thrown in. Everything was kind of thought through and strategic. Yeah, it's maximizing exposure. I mean, if I'm a scout, even if I'm in Lloyd, um, you want to take the road trip down so you can see all the teams, right? Cause now you get to see everyone instead of just two teams, even right. Like when you have these hub spots and you're playing uh, it's 10 teams, right? There's 10 teams in the league. Correct. Uh, they, so at, at, uh, at two age groups, there's eight and at one age group, there's 10. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right. Because there's more, there's under what, uh, it's not midget anymore, boys. You're once again, you, what is it? U 17, U 15, U 14, U 18, U 15, U 14. Of course. U 18. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with, with the, the, the three of it are all teams going to be at the same hub at the same weekend every time, or is it split? Uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, that would be fantastic. That, that takes a lot of ice and a lot of resources. Um, I mean, you, you need to have a lot of, especially at the level we want to deliver these showcases. Um, you know, you want to have your, your best of your best kind of 
uh, delivering in a whole bunch of different areas. So um, to have it all three divisions um, would be very, very difficult. And, you know, uh, the scheduling is almost wrapped up. And I know there's weekends where the U15s and U18s, there's a, a bunch of events where they're both in the same building over the same dates. Um, so, I mean, that's a bit of a haven for, for a junior team to come in and see, you know, your your potential um, U15 graduating into U18 and your U18s that you might want to take a second look on or you have a prospect in. Um, so that's a bit of a haven there. And those there are those weekends. Uh, the U14 hasn't been tied in to those uh, just yet. Um, they've kind of uh, a little bit on their own schedule. Um, just because, you know, again, it comes down to ice resources. So for us to do, you know, and there's some really cool things that we're doing at these facilities with our broadcasts. Um, if you had, you know, three sheets going, all of a sudden you need three broadcasting crews. You know, we have two unbelievable broadcasting crews, you know, to go build a third at the level of those two, you know, would be, would be difficult. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're delivering on our end. So I think, you know, to keep it down to two sheets uh, going on a weekend is, is where we want to be. Um, sometimes you don't want to grow too fast, um, until you, you kind of got your ducks in a row. I should have clarified. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't meaning all divisions at the same location on the oh, same days. I was meaning right. if you're U18 are all U18 teams at the same location on a given weekend. Yes. Okay. And you brought up an interesting point, obviously a guy sitting on this side who uh, loves talking to people in media, that type of thing. Um, if I'm sitting and, you know, and, and take Lloyd out of it, let's just say, uh, I don't know, let's go somewhere in rural Saskatchewan, Tapper, and you're in uh, Metal Lake. There you go. You're north up in Metal Lake country. My child's playing in Calgary. Uh, Tyrell's already mentioned you got a broadcast crew. I assume that's going to be a way. I mean, the, the age of the world today is you can find any hockey game you want. Uh, you guys have already thought this through and are going to have the ability to watch from anywhere I take it yeah I can speak to that too so we actually did a couple pilot projects um, this year where we brought in uh, a broadcasting crew and uh, we, we did it twice just to kind of make sure we you know make sure we have the right number of people um, different components you know make sure we have the right equipment uh, to, de to, to deliver the standard we want to deliver um, and it was uh, you know re really uh, really amazing experience because I'm looking at this, I'm going like, holy cow, this looks like a, this looks like a junior game. I mean, when you're doing, uh, you know, um, in between period, you know, interviews and, um, you know, uh, replays after a whistle on, on a broadcast, like it just kind of gives it that, that feel, um, having a, you know, a, a commentator that can kind of, you know, give you some context and story of a game, you know, uh, Kyle has scored three goals in the last three games and, you know, just scored in his fourth game in a row. Um, you know, that, that's that's cool for grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, you know, who, who are unable to travel or if I got family, you know, and wherever. Um, it just, it, like... Have you I, seen the cost of gas lately? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, e even even just, like, when you're, when you're looking at it, when you're looking, like, there's a lot of really cool um, scouting resources that rely on video. And, you know, in, in scouting... Scouting, yeah, a scouting perspective, it's, it's, it can be sometimes uh, difficult depending on the level of quality of video to be like, hey, you know, I, I got a feel for how, how quick that guy is moving around the ice or, you know, was he able to kind of see those plays evolve or um, it, it can be difficult because of, you know, the level of quality of the camera and, and what you can see and, and you know, 
everything around it. So to kind of create that experience, that junior level experience in terms of a, you know, what we're the video quality, well, that just helps the the coaches with their player development. Uh, that helps, you know, junior teams that, you know, want to pull it up one night and kind of compare, compare players to player and, and uh, you know, just, it makes it that much easier. And then the experience for mom and dad and everybody else and, and, and players to kind of pull up their game and, and kind of have a little bit of a, you know, some context to it, I think would be a lot of fun and, um, and, and kind of help them be more engaged and they're not frustrated throwing something at the TV screen because you know, they can't, they couldn't see a battle in a certain corner or something like that. I think that's, I think that's important. Well, it'd be interesting to watch once it gets going. I've said this to, to Kyle, like once the athletics are playing, it'll be interesting to tune in just to, just to see what it looks like. Um, yeah. you know, sitting on the border, uh, tap, I'm curious, you know, like there's a lot of kids in this area and you know, this area well, that, uh, go, can't come to Lloyd for, you know, border reasons and everything else as a, a guy who's coached in this town for, um, you know, several years, uh, what gets you most excited about what this, you know, what this can offer, or I, I don't know, like what, what, what are you most excited about, the the JPHL, you know, being a part of? Uh, well, two part question. So like one, um, our academics are, are based Saskatchewan. So, and being that it's borderless, uh, obviously it's a natural fit to get all those small town rural Saskatchewan kids that, you know, have to travel hours and hours just to get to their respective uh, allotted minor hockey association. So now the door is open to them uh, to be able to come to Lloyd where it's an easy transfer within the school system and, yeah, like we've seen it all the time. Someone lives half an hour outside of Lloyd, but they got to drive over an hour uh, in the other direction because that's, you know, the boundary that they live in. So that kind of opens the doors uh, for those players. And there's a lot of, when we talk about the Lloyd area, we're not talking about Lloyd. We're talking about about a 150 uh, kilometer, square kilometer area where, you know, has been producing player after player for for many years. So, um to speak on on that part on the Saskatchewan side and on the school side um, that's definitely going to help with recruiting I think the part that excites me kind of touches back on a question you were starting to ask a lot earlier is about like well this is different than when we went through we practiced twice whatever um, you, re you read a book uh, the goldmine effect and they talk about um, you know why did all of a sudden all the Olympic swimmers come from Australia why did all of a sudden all the sprinters come from Jamaica. Why was there a 15 year period where all the best hockey players came from Moto in Sweden? Um, and it's a very good book. And it, like, it basically what it talks about is that there's talent everywhere, but sometimes what you need is you need the perfect storm. You need a coach with a vision or a program with a vision, players that are motivated and parents that are willing to put the assets and resources forward to develop. And, uh, I think to answer your question, what was missing when we went through is we were just never lucky enough, or maybe we were, some of us were, to be in a situation where those things existed. I think the initial vision when Tyrell and I were talking a long time ago, and I butcher your name too all the time, Tyrell, sorry, okay. uh, <laughs> is how, we'll how, how do we create that effect for more kids across the board? And 
what it is is you get people that are professionals in the industry that have experience good and bad they've seen what worked and what doesn't and you learn from everybody and you go if you could build it what would it look like and i always kept coming back to college sports uh when you look at college football college basketball um even college hockey where you can go to one place your practice to game ratio is three or four or five to one, which you talk about anybody that studied sports and you should have a three, four, five to one practice to game ratio, regardless of your sport in Canada and West in Western Canada in particular, the game ratio is three to two, right. Or even some places four to two. So to be able to build that college kind of idea where everything is under one roof, everything is state of the art, everything is tailored to the player, um, that really is what really excites me about the athletics is, you know, building this mini campus where, you know, Holy Rosary's got a biomechanics lab. They got a kinesiology department. They got, um, you know, they got, they're covering everything elite from football to basketball to baseball. Now we're adding hockey. So the school components done, obviously IHD hockey has its reputation already in Western Canada and across uh, hockey Alberta platform so the skill development we're able to provide that we're able to provide the coaching through the league being able to provide uh, the training off the ice the therapy the mental therapy the travel um, the diet the nutrition like there literally hasn't been a stone unturned or hasn't been thought of so you literally eliminate the excuses for the players if you want to come and put in the work it is here for you to reach your full potential and to essentially create that gold mine effect in 10 hubs across Western Canada, instead of just a needle in a haystack, hoping we get lucky. I'm curious, and I don't know if either of you can answer this question. I look at the, the 10 spots and I don't know them all off the top of my head. Although I bet if I scroll down, I can see a map of it. Uh, I don't know enough about Williams Lake, so I, I can't speak to that. But Kelowna, Vancouver, Victoria, Lethbridge, Calgary, Edmonton are all relatively or are big centers Lloydminster is this little I don't know what when you look at it and you're and you're planning it out how does Lloyd all sudden factor into the map this feels like I don't know the other academy league honestly except for Lloydminster gets tucked in there how did Lloydminster become this has got to be a spot to be one of one of one of their and I don't know if either of you can answer that maybe I have no idea yeah, I can. I, I can. Yeah. So when you look at uh, kind of the, the hub layout and, and if you have the map in front of you, um, you'll find that like Vancouver, Edmonton and, and Calgary have a, a large pool of players. So and, you know, we wanted to make sure that there was private and public schooling options in each of those locations. So that's why, you know, six programs um, are in, the, in those three centers. Now, when you work outside of those areas, it was, it was more about the people, like anything you, anything you do that's uh, successful is, is always going to be about the people that you have involved. Um, so we knew Kyle uh, was, was in Lloyd. I mean, that's, that's where, he's, where, he's, where he's located. And um, like, we understand Kyle's passion and, you know, to player development. Um, he understands that, uh, you know, what kind of what we were building, he had, he had input into it. Um, you know, no different than, than Lethbridge, no different than Kelowna, no different than Victoria. Um, and that, that Williams Lake, uh, you know, I think they had 11 
11 players playing in the uh, provincial program last year uh, for their U15 team. So they have a big draw from Prince George all the way up to Northwest Territories. That Northern BC, there's a lot of really good hockey players there. Um, so, it, you know, they're, they're you know, it, it was, it, and again, the person that's running it there, like he, um, you know, he's he, an unbelievable person, super passionate. Um, you know, these guys, they, they give and they give and they give for the players and the families. And uh, so it was more about the people. Like we didn't, we didn't just take a look at the map. And I mean, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, that, that was, that was mapped for sure. You know, it was, those are the areas you want to go into. Um, let's have some conversations who we thought, you know, some of the, the, the top guys that we thought would, would see the vision and they all did. Like there wasn't one conversation that we had that, hey, you know, it doesn't see it. Um, you know, they, they like it. They want to be a part of it. When you look at Lethbridge and Lloyd and, and Kelowna and Victoria, those were more people uh, and relationships. You know, Lloyd is, you know, like I said, Kyle, um, you got, uh, I don't know if I can say names, uh, Kyle, can I say names across the board or? Well, yeah, I think it's important. Everyone knows. Yeah, okay. So, you know, Wade, Wade Klippenstein, you know, works with a, with an NHL franchise and very well respected in the Lethbridge area. And, you know, there's a lot of really good players in Southern Alberta. Um, but we're also far enough apart where we're not cannibalizing players. So, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're, if we see, if we, if I have a relationship with a player that's, you know, within that 150 radius of, of Lloyd, like, um, you know, I'm not trying to get him to one location or the other or the other, like, you know, that's a fantastic player for the league and the nearest, you know, hub is, is Lloyd. Like we're, we're encouraging that player to, to go to Lloyd because you're not missing anything um, going to Lloyd than they would going anywhere else. That's, that's kind of the message. You don't have to go hours away from home to, to try and get it. So we space except, except the, except the view, a eh? Kelowna versus Lloyd Minster. There might be something that's a little different there. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there, <laughs> there are some things out of our control for sure, but um, you know, and the other thing too, is there's a lot of really good players in Saskatchewan uh, that have, you know, they, there's a bit of an appetite for something like this. And, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think growing East uh, was, had to be necessary because we are borderless um, and that adds travel costs. Now you're adding, adding to costs and whatnot. Um, so having a, a hub in Lloyd where Saskatchewan players could have that education component taken care of and not have to change curriculums and stuff like that, I think just made sense. So that's, that's why Lloyd came into it. Um, you know, some of these other small areas, like a lot of good hockey players in Okanagan, they have a, a kind of a special demographic. A lot of good hockey players in the south, you know, um, a lot of good hockey players on the island. And uh, so we wanted to make sure that, you know, we were taking care of those players as well. No, I, I think uh, um, it, it was a from a standpoint of just size and everything else. I appreciate the answer because as far as uh, borderless and everything goes, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that live not not half an hour to the to the east tap or like. 10 minutes into Saskatchewan yeah. are going to be, you know, I'm not saying there's a thousand of them sitting there, but over the years, there's been so many kids that uh, have been sitting right on the border of Lloyd and had to have gone elsewhere. I, I've heard the story lots, right. And whether that's to Prince Albert or North Battleford or wherever they go, there's a lot that go for elite hockey, they go elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, is there anything else, guys, that, you know, as, as we close in here, is there anything else that I've kind of glazed over? Because, I'm, I'm, you know, this idea I've been, you know, 
trying to suck up as much as I can. Cause once again, I just heard about the athletics not that long ago. It hasn't been this, you know, 10 year process. This is relatively new. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, uh, as the season starts and everything else. But is there anything else that uh, you want to make sure the listener uh, understands or, or knows about uh, before uh, we head into the crude master final five and, and, and slowly get you on with the rest of your day? Um, yeah. I got, I got two things and I'll let Tyrell go. Um, one, I think this program isn't for you unless, you know, you're trying to get to the next level and you're serious about uh, pushing your academics and your athletics um, to an elite level and you're aspiring for, you know, great things um, from the game of hockey, whether it's scholarship or to play pro or, or to use it to travel the world or to get into university and become a doctor. Um, this isn't for you. Um, I think it's, it's a schedule that's been created that, that allows the time to put in the work. Um, it's giving you uh, the resources that if you put in the effort um, can like Terrell's already said can kind of hopscotch you or trampoline you uh, ahead of your competition um, this is for you it's just it's just another option if you want to be done by four o'clock if you want every second weekend off if you want the opportunity to play other sports um, if you want and enjoy being on the ice and training and, and working at your craft um, this is a great option for you um, if that's something um, that really doesn't interest you and you, you know, I'm just going to play for fun and uh, I just want to be with my friends and, you know, I'll, I'll play hockey and then I'll go on to school and, and go to work and get a job. Um, this probably isn't for you. Um, and, and that's fine. I, I think just giving the option um, here locally specifically, like we've had 10 to 15 players every year that have chosen this model, but have had to go to Vancouver, Calgary, or Edmonton to get it. Um, you know, we have, we have people that sit on our elite board uh, locally, and this is what they chose for their kid. Um, they didn't play here. So this is something that, that happens here all the time. Um, I think it's a great way when you talk about what's good for Lloyd to keep our homegrown talent at home um, the best we can. So um, really excited for that, and, and that's what this is. And I'm, I'm encouraged to hear, actually, Sean, being that you're a hockey guy, you're in the dressing room, you do this podcast, you know a lot of people, a lot of people talk to you, you have a lot of reach uh, in the hockey community, you know, through your family and, and playing senior and whatever. Um, what do you think, or, or what are you hearing? Well, I have, okay, so I have two parts of my brain. I have the parent side of the brain. That, that's the money-asking question, right? Because I'm like, Money-wise, I got to know if I can afford it. I got a young son who's six. I told Taffer this earlier. I'm really glad I don't have to make this decision this year, right? Um, me as a player, if I had a coach that believed in me, because I, I go back to when the reason I asked Tyrell, what turned you off the game? What turned me off the game is I was no longer having fun. And what brought me back was a coach that believed in me. And then we practiced every day in junior and we worked out and we did, you know, curfew and we did all the stuff uh, minus, you know, like, you know, I wish I would have had a nutritionist tell me that eating pizza every day was probably not a good idea, but like uh, having a coach that believed in me, I would have ran through a brick wall, meaning the workouts and all that stuff. 
being done by four and not having early morning or late night practice, not having um, even, you know, the one thing is a player being associated with the school here in Lloyd and speak specifically to Lloyd is down the road. I hope they get home, you know, a home tournament or a home, not a tournament, but you know, a home hub series Uh, because I think playing in front of your community is, is really impactful on a kid. And I really enjoyed that. But like, as a player, I listen to everything you're providing and I go, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, now I, at high school, if I didn't have the belief of the coach, man, I, I would have been the kid saying, oh, I just want to hang out with my friends and, and go about it. So to me, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors that play into that. And I'm sure you tap or Tyrell can hop in there and, and have your thoughts on it. But to me, there's, there's two sides. There's a money thing, right? Like. I mean, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But if your kid's playing uh, U18 or U15 or wherever else, there's going to be costs associated with that, and you have to factor that out. That's the parent side. The kid's side is like, I think a lot of kids would be very interested in this, even if they are on the side of, I don't know. Like, do I really want to play that much hockey? I don't know. That much hockey is a lot of fun. You want to get better as a player? being on the ice you want to get better as a podcaster do more interviews right get more get in front of people more ask questions do more research that you can extrapolate across um, not only the game of hockey but anything you put your mind and energy into yeah and that's great to hear sean you know and one thing i'll I'll say to kind of close out is you know our our ownership group you know i haven't had a chance to talk about them much but very, very, very passionate hockey, hockey guys. And, and, and part of the reason why, you know, I was pretty excited to, to get involved with them and, and, um, you know, be, be a part of, of building something like this. Um, very successful, you know, they, they own, they own the, uh, uh, Spruce Grove Saints, you know, a, a successful junior team. They ran into a really strong team in, in Brooks and, and Brooks did, uh, you know, did a great job in the Centennial Cup and, um, they own uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, the Western Hockey League franchise, who you know is in the in championships here in Edmonton. Um, so there's like they 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 love the sport. They um, they're very passionate. They also own a, the senior men's AAA team, the Stony Plain Eagles. Sean, I heard you say you played uh, senior, so you probably even ran into them a few times. Uh, but but they they love the sport. They're they're super passionate. Um, the, you know, they've had an opportunity to, to build leagues before in this setting uh, and have been very successful at it because it was for the right reasons and, and people see that. So I think, um, you know, the, the one thing that I, I heard in, in uh, one of the discussions that always stuck with me is the, 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 the league is new. This is new. It is. But the people involved are, are far from it. Like, uh, there's a lot of professional hockey games played from the staffs around the, all the hubs. And um, there's a familiarity on, on how to build a league and, and what that means. And in order to have a successful league, you need to have, you know, uh, strong officials and strong coaches and, and uh, you know, strong player development. Like it's, it's, it's not just one thing or the other, um, and, you know, and they're very aware of that. Uh, you need to have a lot of, um, you know, people who understand the logistics and, and, and whatnot. So these guys, um, I mean, they're, they're doing things for the right re- reasons and I'm happy to be a part of it. And, uh, and when I say these guys, I, I mean, people like Kyle and, and his staff as well, all of us together, uh, we're one big family and, um, you know, we're, we're doing things for the right reasons. And I, I really like that. Uh, you know, I just have an opportunity to be a part of it and, 
and there are there are some challenges um, that uh, that we're facing, but I like to think that those are gonna, um, you know, we'll get through those as well. Yeah, no matter no matter what you do in life, there will be challenges, and something like this and the scale of it, I'm sure uh, you're gonna have fun, and you're gonna you're gonna learn you're gonna learn some things you didn't realize were uh, you know were coming at you. Um, before I let you boys go. I've been thinking about this kind of off and on. We do the Crude Master Final Five here. It's a shout out to Heath and Tracy McDonald. They've been supporters of the podcast since the very beginning. And I've been asking everybody, you know, one of the things that Heath uh, came on here, um, and for you, Tyrell, he, he runs a, a trucking company here in town. And he's been very uh, a community-minded man. And this is a while back. He came on the podcast. I interviewed him about his life. And he'd said, if you're going to stand behind a cause that you think is right, then stand behind it. Absolutely. We were talking about protesters on the, on the, on the railways back in the day. Um, now, that can be extrapolated to a lot of different things. But I'm curious, from two smart, hockey-minded fellows, what's one thing you guys stand behind? I, I, you know, it's, yeah, there's, 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 this, this question could go deep. You know, I, I'll just go from my personal experience. I think Kyle mentioned it as well as, you know, to be a part of something like this, to have a, an opportunity to play high school hockey and have your, your, your hockey training within your school day and having your evenings and weekends to, you know, go watch a movie or go hang out and, and whatnot, much different than my uh, midget experience. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I talked to my family quite a bit about, and about it. And, you know, I, I get the answer from my family, like, Hey, you know, we would do whatever we needed to, to give you this opportunity. And it, and it didn't come from, Hey, we're going to drive you because they were willing to drive five hours to, to get me something, or they're willing to, you know, get me whatever I need. It, it always came down to, we would have figured out financially how to give you this opportunity, whatever that, whatever that means. And that's something where, you know, I, I know there's a lot of, a lot of families that are put in tough spots because they want to do whatever they can for their their children you know i i, I have a, a two and a half you know almost uh, sorry almost a three-year-old and a one in a bit and like the day after my first was born i got that feeling you don't even realize it until maybe you have one that you were going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you're providing everything you can for the, for, for your child and uh what and whatever that does to you mentally physically financially you don't care because it's all about them now and um you know that's something i had to think about quite a bit and you know over over my years i've been involved with private hockey there's been situations that arise where you know i know people are putting themselves in in really difficult situations to to, to deliver for their children um so i think you know one of the things that um is really driving me on this and, and why i'm 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 passionate about it and i and I know that everybody else involved is passionate about it is, you know, we, we truly feel like, you know, there, there is a cost there is. And, and unfortunately some of these things in order to get that, that level of training, that level of standard, those things do cost money. People's time, you know, you have to pay for it and resources and ice and those things where you have to, there's no way around it. Um, but to try and, to try and mastermind and, and, and puzzle piece and figure out how to do it the way, best way possible um, for the athlete and for the families, like, yeah, I mean, this, this is something I get excited about. This is something I can, you know, sleep at night knowing, Hey, I'm, I'm doing something good for the hockey world. And I know our ownership group feels the same. I know everybody involved feels the same. So that's, um, 
that's why I'm standing behind it. And, uh, you know, I, I, well, right now I'm standing in front of it. Uh, and then once, you know, once it, uh, once people kind of see that, then, then I'll go ahead and stand behind it. But right now I'm going to stand in front of it until it gets there. Well, I was going to say, as I wait for Tapper's answer on that, I, I completely agree. I got three under six. We don't, we don't. And as soon as you have a, a child, um, something changes, right? Like, and it's hard to describe unless you've been there. So as you talk, Tyrell, I, I get what you're saying. And uh, once again, you know, as a player, I come back to the player side of this and I go like, to me, if you <laughs> like what you're offering and all the different aspects, if you're goal orientated and want to get to the next level, but you know, here's a guy I sit here and I played division three and I played junior a and I played overseas, but not at the top tier levels. That was still um, for me, that was, well, that shaped my life, right? And uh, NHL is certainly a focus of a lot of hockey players, but there's a lot more hockey out there that can certainly offer every kid an opportunity to see the world, as Tapper said earlier on. And um, I, I, I'm really curious to see. I, I'm going to have to find a way to convince Tapper, probably won't be that hard, to hop on a bus or come down to one of these events so I can actually uh, – uh, you know, see it firsthand. Cause I, I think uh, the mobility of being a full-time podcaster, I'm like Edmonton, Calgary, isn't that far of a road trip, certainly coming from Lloyd. Um, now Tapper, what's, what's something you, you stand behind? Oh, this is, you know, me, this is going to get deep for me. And this has probably changed because um, of what's gone on in the world the last three years. And then even this new project and, um, what I stand behind is I stand behind the people that stand behind me when it's not easy to be my friend. Um, I've, I've been doing this a really long time. I've had a lot of people over the years that have come across as if, you know, we were family, we were close, um, you know, it was a mutually beneficial relationship uh, until it wasn't, until there was nothing that I could do for them or there was no advantage I could give them or there was uh, basically nothing that they could benefit from. I think it's, it's really something that I've learned and I'm really going to start to push into my kids is you really know what your circle is and who the people that you want to give your time to by the people that give you their time when it's not easy to be your friend. And um, I'm noticing that full circle right now. Um, I made a very tough decision based on something I believe in, based on what I believe is right for the greater good, for the greater part of this game. Was it an easy decision? It definitely wasn't. Um, it was a pretty comfortable lifestyle and, and career that, that we had going and, um, you know, now people that I thought were in my corner, people that, uh, I thought I was close to people that, you know, I've exposed a lot of personal truths to, um, you know, those doors aren't open anymore simply because, you know, I made a decision or a belief on, on something about sport. Now you start to wrap that into everything that's happened over the years about like politics and, and what's going on in the world today. And, 
and you know your views on social media or any of those other things like I'm just talking about hockey I'm not even talking about that stuff and and just to sit back and look and, and watch even other people that I'm close with you know lose friends lose family lose relatives because their beliefs don't necessarily align um yeah the thing I stand behind is I stand behind the people uh that stand behind me uh when you know that's not the easy thing to do well I certainly know sitting on this side all about that so uh (laughs) well that's what that's what the final question is all about I appreciate you both giving me your answers and I certainly appreciate you giving me some of your time fellas um, I'm, I'm interested to see how the JPHL goes. I'm looking forward to a, a JPHL hat because I see Tyrell rocking one and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure here at some point, Tyrell, we're going to bump into each other, uh, gladly shake your hand and, and get to know you on a off mic basis. Cause uh, I think what you guys are trying to create, it'll be interesting to watch if nothing else. And I think a lot of kids are going to benefit from it. So thanks for hopping on guys. And, uh, and Appreciate your time. John, I'll say this. We'll, we're, we'll happily have you at the first showcase and the hat will be there ready, ready for you when you get there. Perfect. When is the, when is the first showcase, Tyrell? At, at what, what division? Oh, yeah. Good question. Well, I don't know. You tell me. What, what's the first one you, in you, Edmonton? You, you, first you one fit, in Edmonton. The first one in Edmonton is September 20, uh, 22nd weekend. And um, uh, that'll be the U15s and U18s both, both playing over that course that weekend. So I'll be a good one. That's Perfect. an end. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll mark it on the calendar then. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, fellas. Thank you.